This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Uh, I'm here with Finchie and later on we're going to be joined by Don's Trust member Hannah Kitcher and Don's Trust co-chair Xavier Wiggins. Uh, before that we're going to do a quick roundup of uh, the games over the past few days. Uh, good point away at Blackpool uh, and then a disappointing 1-0 loss at home to Burton on Tuesday night. Um, what are your thoughts, Finchie? Hello mate, yeah... Uh... Blackpool, uh, it was. I thought we played really well. Blackpool away. I thought we started really well. We finished well. It was as close to uh, a good ninety minutes that we've seen under Robbo. Uh, I was on a uh, Blackpool uh, vlogger called uh, Lee Charles TV. He done a pre- he, do- he does a watch along. Uh, I think it's with his partner uh, Jane, uh, and they invited me onto the preview show just before, and, and they said we should be intimidated or te- uh, terrified of their front three and I said I'm not terrified of anyone's front three our defence is so bad if you didn't score you should be, you should be upset do you know what I mean and they were laughing and stuff like that and then I even had a little joke with them to say like I'm scared now during the half time when it was nil nil and stuff and then obviously they score but I, I thought we played really well uh, yeah really well and I thought we deserved to win the game if I'm honest uh, but Blackpool were in form so you take the point and you, you're hopeful that we would move on Tuesday and do something, which hasn't worked out. I don't know. What do you think about Blackpool first? Uh, Blackpool, I echo what you're saying, really. I think it was a great performance. Uh, I know Robbo came out and said it was the closest to a 90-minute performance that he's had as boss. Um, I would agree with that. Um, mm. I think it would have been really harsh for us to come away with nothing. I think we were unlucky not to go away with three points. Um you know, I think before going into those games, you know, you'd have taken a point. I know, it's, I know, it's all. Then when you watch the game, it's a bit different because we, you know, you're a bit frustrated that you couldn't have come away with three. But uh, I think if if we'd been offered a point away at Blackpool, considering the form they were in, we would we would have taken it. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, disappointing going into Burton. I mean, um, just a quick shout out to Ollie Palmer, obviously. Coming back from injury, um, bit of a fluky goal, but we'll take it. You know, he's nice, li- nice little. F- <laughs> I mean, he's just he's flicked, he's flicked, he's flicked his boot at it, and it's. If that don't win the Pukas 
goal Puss- of the year award. The Pukas. What's he? What's his name? The Puska- Puskas. Pus- Puskas. Puskas. Well, I was close. <laughs> if he does it, I think it's an amazing flick. He knew what he's doing. He's putting that straight in the top bins. He knew it. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a Pus- Puskas award winning goal, that one. But yeah, we, we me and my mates call uh, Ollie Palmer the king. Mm-hmm. Because we, when he signed, we thought he was going to be the king of women and we thought he was going to reign supreme. It hasn't unfortunately worked out for him, but he looks fit. Like against Eastbourne, I, I watched a bit of that Eastbourne game and he didn't look fit at all. But against mm. Blackpool, he come on, he put himself about and he he looked all right. But He looks like he's shed that bit of weight that he was carrying, the timber that he was carrying at the start of the season. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for him. I think... Uh, we heard him on the commentary and, and the interviews saying that it's been a tough time for him. Um, mm. He's never really dealt with injuries before. And he's obviously itching to get back. And it's good It's good to, you know, a lot of fans are probably unsure about him. For him to come straight in and, and grab a 90-second minute equaliser is great for him. Um, moving on to Burton, uh, it, was a, it was a poor performance. Um, it's probably the worst performance I've seen under Robbo. Mm. Um I think defensively, bar the goal, we were sound. I think, you know, we didn't create anything. Um, Burton only really had one half chance and, you know, they've ended up scoring from it. So I think defensively, there are some positives there. Um, but we offered we offered nothing. I think, you know, Che Alexander's getting a run of games in the team. I, I'm not sure he can cut it. Um Shane McLaughlin, I'm not convinced about. Um, Nesta, you know, one minute he'll do something, he'll do something really good. He'll do a little turn and break past a couple of players, and then he'll hit a free kick out for a throw in, mm. or hit a cross straight into the goalkeeper. I, th- I think, you know, w- will the loss to Burton define our season? Probably not. Um, it's disappointing after after you know the positive. Second, you know, end to the Blackpool game, you kind of go into tonight positive. And I think we did all right first half, we nullified them, but it wasn't good enough, really. Yeah, I totally agree. And first half, I think you can take positives out the first half because they had two shots, uh, which against the second best team in the league ain't bad. But then negatives, we had zero shots first half, zero block shots, zero shots on target, zero shots, just zero shots, which at home against a relegation rival is pretty bad. I don't know if the formation is helping at home, playing them two defensive midfielders. Maybe we should go a little bit more attacking. I think Longman needs a rest. I, Shane McLaughlin, for me, I'd, I'd go back to right back for him and push him back to right back because he doesn't look like an attacking midfielder to me at all. He doesn't look like a playmaker. Uh, Quickly on McLaughlin, I think I think if he were to go back to right back, I think he's he's third, arguably fourth choice right back now. Yeah. He was he was playing classes. I know it was right wing back, but he was having the best season of his life for the first six months of the season at right back, right wing back. We've we've he got injured unfortunately, and then we pushed him into attacking midfielder, which is what he's played before midfield before, and he just wasn't in the game today. He wasn't it was just, in the game just at all. decision making. The amount of times he found himself in good positions and then just took an extra touch, or he tried that fancy back heel that which really annoyed me. Um, you know, there was an easy layoff there for Piggott and then he tries to do something clever with it and, and back heels it straight to the defender. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, midfield or attacking wise had a particularly good game today. Um, Rodoni, I'll say it again, I know he scored that screamer, but I think Rodoni flatters to deceive a little bit. Um, 
You know, I think I think he's a young lad with bags of bags of potential. But you know, apart from that screamer, he's got nothing around him, though, Jay. There's yeah, nothing no, there. If you look yeah. at midfield, like Longman for me needs a rest. I'd be starting uh, a about Azel over him. I'd be starting him over Longman. Longman needs a rest for me and coming on mm-hmm. 25 minutes with his speed. He just runs into blind alleys, Longman, at the moment. He's, he's a bit great. Like Blackpool away, I know we're going on to Burton, but Blackpool is quite greedy when he could have maybe passed the ball. I don't, I don't think, again, that home formation's helping us. We need to be more attacking and we're, uh, we're, we're waiting and we're, we're more defensive at home than we need to be. Uh, I just think there's, there's a lot more negatives out of this game now against Burton than there needed to be really. We we I said we we didn't I can't remember us having a real shot even in the second half. I know there was Wait, a couple we, at the we, end, but I mean we didn't have a chance the whole game. Like a clear I mean, cut yeah. chance there. I mean I neither know. did they really. I think you know that their goal was it was it was shoddy defending, should have cleared our lines, it kind of just bubbled around and then he, he found the goal. But how many times can we say it's shoddy defending though? It's every I mean, game. We're, now. We're, we're we're shit at defending. You know it you, you, <laughs> it is is there's gonna be a, you know, a heart in mouth moment or a couple of them in every game with, with the defenders that we've got. Quick note on Ben Hennigan, geezer turns slower than milk. I don't know how I've never noticed oh, that. Yeah, that's what someone said to uh, on, on the uh, group I'm in. They said he was really slow today, but someone said he looked injured. Is he still carrying an injury? Is he still carrying a knock? You know what I mean? He was rested against Blackpool, so you thought he'd be 100% today, uh, today or Tuesday, yeah. sorry. Uh, I just yeah, yeah. our defence is so slow across the board. Like to apart be fair, from maybe Johnson, Donald Johnson. I, I don't um, think he's got much pace either, though. To be fair, I think he's, he's got... the he's the quickest of the bunch, and I and, and I think he had another another good game to, again today. I think arguably, yeah, contender for player of the season. If I'm honest with you, already, and he's, he's only been there what a month. Um, I can't, I, you know, there's no bar maybe Piggott, but his goals have dried up. Um, Donald Johnson has kind of transformed our defence. Somewhat, you know. But does Pig need a rest as well, though? That's the problem. Yeah, I'd Pig, say Pig I, I'd looks say done so. in to me. Uh, but then Palmer's not going to be fully fit. Uh, it's our strongest bench we've had, and also one of the things I, I need to point out is how is Oxarnan not starting games? How is he not playing? He's our best ball carrier. He's our best pass of the ball. He's the best footballer we have in our midfield, and he's not playing. Yeah, I'm surprised, you know I mean? especially and, with the run of games. I'm surprised he hasn't mixed it up a little bit, like you said, Longman. So, it seems undroppable. Dobson, Woodyard. Woodyard seem undroppable. seems undroppable. It's like he's got photos of Robbo or something in, in a position that he shouldn't be in because mm. I don't get it. And, and we hear great old Woodyard's asking questions. He's doing this in training and stuff. But he gets into a game. I just don't see what he's doing. Like, as I said, a couple of weeks ago when we played Hull, I wanted him to be the honeymoon kind of player. Yeah. And he's not doing it. He's, he's giving away needless free kicks. He's getting booked and knocks on. And like today, he comes and he makes things tick. He has a couple of shots. Do you know I mean Blackpool again? Go back Blackpool. We had that shot, and it came, Palmer puts it top bins mm-hmm. because he's trying something. Where yeah. you can't have think, Dobson think, and Woodyard in the same team for me. I think Woodyard and Dobson, like you said, are very similar. I think they've got. I'm not saying they're on the same level, but I think they've got a Danny Bullman about them. Whereas a lot of the work that they do, you don't really see. You know, you, you might not notice it until they're not in the team. But this um, is. But I, I mean, I agree with you on Oxen. I think he should be starting. But this is my point at home games. Do we need both defensive midfielders when we need points and we need to be attacking games? I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to think when Palmer's back up to speed, we might try two up top. Um, but then, also, when does the processes stuff start stopping and people getting fed up with hearing about processes and characters? 
when we're not picking up three points, especially when we're not having shots. Yeah. There's no shots today. And that's... I mean, I went in tonight, you know, Burton, Burton are flying. They, they're like second in the form table. I, I didn't go into, you know, I didn't go into tonight expecting much. Um, obviously, but, I wanted more of a performance than that. Um, and that. But like we said a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, that game's gone now. We move on. Who have we got, who have we got on Saturday? We've got Bristol Rovers, then Wigan. You know, we those games are a hell of a lot more important than, than but, the Burton game. I, 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 I know you're going to argue argue the toughs, but... Dan Baker made a point last week, or yeah, last week, and said against when we played Hull, you, you can get beat by a better team, right? But we got beat across all fronts again tonight. Yeah, we did. Right? Against a team, I know they're flying, but did you really look at that game and think, bloody hell, these are decent? They're quick, don't get me wrong, going forward, they're quick. When they counter-attack, bloody hell, they're, they're very fast. They had one shot on target, I think, the yeah. whole game, which well, went yeah. in. Yeah. So it wasn't like they, they could have won three or four nil and it flatters to deceived like the, the goal. Do you know what I mean? They win one nil and it's a bad defending from us again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? mean I, that I game think, could have been nil nil. I think nil nil would probably have been the fair result. It was a shit game of football Agreed. at the end of the day. Um, you know, w- that half chance could have fallen to us and we would have nicked it. And we would <laughs> Got have to get in the box. The, yeah, well, true. Um, <laughs> But like, like I just said, we need to, you know, that's gone now. I'm sure Robbo yep. will be saying the same thing to the players. Um, that game's gone now. The games on Saturday and Tuesday are six-pointers, essentially. So it's Bristol on Saturday and then Wigan on Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah. and I, I think we need a minimum of four points now from the next two games. If we don't get four points, I think we're done. Uh Bristol, I'm I'm worried about because they they've just beat so I can't I don't even know they beat but they beat someone quite high up four nil. Yeah, uh, it's Plymouth or Atkinson. I can't remember one of one so of them. Northampton won four nil last week, didn't they? And yeah, Bristol played either Atkinson or Plymouth, and the other one played the other one. So Wigan played. Uh, Bristol Rovers beat Atkinson Stanley four one. Four one. There you go. I knew Wigan, they scored four. Wigan won two nil away at Plymouth. Oh, they won two nil at Plymouth. So um, I thought it's four nil. I don't know why I get that from. But anyway. We've got to Bristol. Joey Barton's just gone in. Same as now at Burton. Uh, Hasselbank's just gone in. Joey Barton's gone in. He's got a striker there who wasn't playing that well and, and, and thing, but he's lifted him by saying this guy's quality will get you 20 goals. Mm-hmm. He's scoring goals for him. I worry against, with our leaky defence, we had it at Wigan away. I know we got Wigan Tuesday and they've scored two again. With Wigan away, we looked like we were flying and we still conceded two against Wigan. If we don't get a minimum of four points... For the next two games, I really do worry about I the mean, future I, of playing in I, League One. I would argue with that that I want six points from the next two games. But after the performance today, can you can, can you see us going to Bristol? You know, we 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 got a result at Gillingham. We got a result. We got a result at Wigan. Um, doesn't matter how we do it. Doesn't matter if it's pretty or not. I think we just we just need we need we need we can't be giving them points. You know, I think. You know, we've spoken about it on the past few weeks. I, I, I don't think we'll have enough to stay up this year. But if we, are, if we are to have any chance, Bristol, Wigan, Northampton, Rochdale, those are the four that are coming up. And you know, uh, really, if we want to be, if we want it in our own hands, I think we need twelve points from those games. I, I again, I totally agree. I just, I can't see it. I just can't see us. Like we've we've said about our defence so many times over the season, we've tried so many different people at different positions. Like DJ going to right back now, Hennigan and Will playing together. Hennigan, uh, where's soccer? Where's soccer gone? 
Soccer's just gone out of the team and he's playing. I think I, I don't know if he played the under 23 game. I know Osu. Osu, we could have done with Osu tonight, but he's playing in an under 23 game. Do you know what I mean? We need wingers badly and we've not got any. And that's why I think against Bristol and all against we're going to hopefully we'll change it up. Maybe it's time to go back to 3 5 2. Do you know what I mean? And put a couple of wingers, like Asu on one wing, Osu on the other. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and pack out the midfield and then go with three at the back, Darnell. Uh, Hennigan and Will do you know what I mean Darnell's decent I, th- I, th- I don't know what to say we're trying so many different things I don't know where we go with our formation but I think we need some quick players like I said I think I'd, I'd rest I'd rest Longman I'd give I'd start Pig and Palmer up front yeah, uh, I'd think, even Pig wouldn't even do it for me at the moment but we haven't got much else I think I think the worry is you know the way that I mean, Hull dealt with us very well. Uh, I know they're a good side. Burton have dealt with us very well tonight. Um, the worry is the the are we getting found out again? You know, is there a plan B? Um, it'd be interesting to see. Really, I don't I, I don't know what your predictions for the the Bristol Rovers and Wigan game are. Well, if I ask Bristol Rovers and we're going to be stopping Pig, you stop Pig, you stop us from attacking, you stop us from scoring goals pretty much at the moment. Uh, Bristol, I think they'll beat us. I think it'll be 2-1. Uh, to say, I do think they'll beat us, unfortunately. I'm hoping for a draw, but yeah, I think they'll beat us 2-1. And Wigan on Tuesday, I think we'll beat Wigan. Uh, I think we'll beat them 3-1 because they've got their, their defence is just as bad as us. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think you know the, the the substitutions that we made against Blackpool changed the game. Um, we made similar substitutions tonight, uh, and they didn't have any effect, which you know is worrying again. Maybe it it just didn't happen for us tonight. Um, Bristol Rovers, I'm with you. I think, I think they they just hit they're hitting their run of form now. Um, Joey Barton's come in, like you said, he's lifted them. 2-1, 1-0. You know, if we can nick a point, great. If we can nick, nick a win, even better. Um, and yeah, I, I I think Wigan will be a high-scoring game. I think, we'll, I think you know, like you said, 3-1, 3-2, 4-3 even, you know. Um, we just, we, we, this is the point of the season where we need to hit our sweet spot, our, our, our purple patch of form. Um because we're running out of time to hit that, you know, and and like we've said before, the the running at the end of the season isn't isn't greatest, um, and, no, and we really don't want to be looking look, looking for points there. We've got two cup finals coming up. Well, every game now is cup final, but we've got two cup finals coming up against Bristol and Wigan, uh, and we just have to go out and give everything for them ninety minutes. But we said last last week that. This this at the end of this month we will know what league we're going to be playing in, and I think the next two games are going to be huge in that. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Shall we get Hannah and Zavin? Zavin? Yeah, let's speak to him. I'm looking forward to this. Should be a good chat. Yeah, it should be a great chat. We are pleased to welcome Don's Trust board member Hannah Kitcher and Don's Trust co-chair Xavier Wiggins. Thanks for coming on, guys. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Very good. 
Yes, pleasure to have, have you. Um, how are you coping with lockdown life? I know the end is near now, but how have you been coping with it all? Mm, personally, I feel like I've been chained to the desk. Work has been um, relentless. And then on the top of that, we'll, we'll get onto it later, I'm sure, but like doing, doing stuff for the don like board meetings, um, strategy review meetings in, in between time. So it's been, it's been tiring. It's been, there's not been much to break, break up the day. <laughs> so I think as far as I'm concerned, I was, I think it was Port Vale away when we had a no walking past an open pub rule. And I think I might just introduce that permanently, regardless of location after lockdown. <laughs> really missing the pub. Um, Sounds really, like a rule. Really missing away games, really missing the pub. Um, but the rest of it's fine because I used to work from home anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, the kids are fine. All good. Good stuff. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, I suppose we'll kick off uh, the interview by sort of asking, how have you both found being on the Don's Trust board so far? I know, Hannah, you, you're well into your second term now. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How have, you, how, have you been, how have you found it? It's been good. I mean, I wouldn't have stood for another, another term if I hadn't enjoyed it. Um, it's really, it's, it's amazing how, I mean, the board, the composition of the board to affect kind of changes every year um, and really notice the kind of the difference this year with the new members. There's a lot more energy amongst the board, a lot of drive to get things done. Um, we're sort of moving at a lot more of a pace, which is great. Um, and it's just, it's just really great to kind of be... Um, I'd be able to be part like of the of the sort of of the club and shaping the club to a certain extent, but always making sure that the kind of fan and members' voices are like forefront in my mind when we have discussions about anything, basically. So um, I find that really um, really key to like what what I do and really important. Um, and it's a kind of motivator for me. Yeah, I wasn't, a, a, a few months ago, I was um, kind of, well, there was the bond, and then there was Don's local action. Um, so I've had a bit of a Wimbledon full um, kind of year or so, really. And I never saw myself as a um, Don's Trust Board member. Um, and, and it wasn't something that I was mad keen to do. I saw myself more as a campaigner. Um, really, really, really enjoyed the Bond stuff and the, and the team and all the rest of it um, that we put together. And then I kind of thought, look, we're in a, we're in a critical, critical time. My work, work stuff got quite quiet with well, very, very quiet. My industry's kind of disappeared really. Um, and so I yeah I, I felt that felt that maybe maybe I could stand. Then I certainly thought I'd be a, I'd be a rubbish chair, so I didn't want to I didn't want to be a chair of the Don's Trust. Um, and and then it kind of that became more kind of realistic as um, as it was suggested I could be a co-chair with somebody who could who was really good at the areas I was rubbish. So um, so yeah, it's kind of I, no regrets actually. I've, re I've really really enjoyed it um, so far. I think. I think we've got some some really big projects like the strategy review and um, and the, the whole look at the structure, 
Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not dreading meetings. I'm looking forward to meetings. Um, I think the energy on the board's really, really strong. Um, it's a really nice balance of good, good experienced people that have done it before and know the way around the constitution and stuff, which, which I'm learning. Um, and, and, and new people. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, possibly more than I thought it would. Yeah, I, I noticed for me, it's one of the for me, it's one of the strongest boards that we've had since obviously women started, kind of thing. And uh, but as, as far as I'm aware, there is a new volunteer set up called Don's Makers. Is that correct? Yeah. So it, so it. Yeah. Tell yeah, us a bit so, more about it. Yeah, of course. Cool. So so um so both Hannah and I have been involved with that actually, and there's a team. Um, there's half a dozen of us that have been. Um, kind of meeting up every every week or two um, online and, and chatting through it. But the, the 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 thing before with the volunteers at Wimbledon is everyone talks about how many we've got, and it's brilliant that 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 we've got so many on a on a match day. But it's been very focused on a match day, and and I think that if we're to make step changes in in the club, if we're really to be ambitious on the pitch and to really kind of use that Plough Lane Stadium as, as well as we possibly can. Um, and if our ambition is maybe even to, you know, in the short and medium term to, to, to go up um, a level, um, the, you know, I always come back to the fact that the championship's the biggest loss-making league in world football, right? So we're going to need to do something a bit different, um, which means extending the volunteer force beyond match day. So it's... Um, We've got Don's Makers match day, Don's Makers professional, um, Don's Makers football, and Don's Makers community. Um, so we've done a we've done a great big skills audit. Um, loads of people came back in the in the high hundreds. Um, came back saying not only what they can do, what they're good at, um, but how long they could give. Um, and we're already placing, and there's lots of. We're in a kind of interim mode at the moment as we're getting used to it, getting going with it. But we're we're already placing um, people into into roles. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a really I think for a club like us, we we can't just do what the others do and and, and you know lose lose a few million every year. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen. It's unsustainable. So we, we have to do things um, a bit differently. And Don's Makers is a good example of that. I would just add to your point, Sav, that like. With the as you mentioned, that match day is the main kind of volunteering force that we've got. There are still, I mean, we're volunteers, right? There's still yeah, volunteers yeah. that aren't yeah. match day necessarily match day volunteers. So it's it's not about starting yeah. something new, but just refresh refreshing what we've already got. Yeah, no, um, fair, fair point. Yeah, I think the match day ones get they get the most attention, and and yeah, you're right. There are there are volunteers in other areas, but we hope to ramp that up significantly, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And formalising it a little bit. And I mean, I, I know I get personally a fair amount of emails from people that are super keen to help. But it's, it's I, I think what Zav's really good at and you've done with DLAG is put people, allocate people's enthusiasm and skills in the right places. And that's what we've, yeah. we've kind of done with with the, the Don's makers, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, I think it is, um, it's all, it's all about well, part of it is about doing the simple stuff, making sure we've got the right people in the right roles. Um, but then it's about really keeping it fresh, so moving people around. Um, you know, some people might want to um, do, do a certain task for you know ten seasons on the trot, and they get comfort from that. But others might be 
at a stage in their lives that they want to they want to learn stuff. They want to learn. They want to um, try try lots of different areas of volunteering. And, and there's some really there's some really good um, good exciting roles out there that, that people want. Um, so so yeah, and then, and then making sure that the ones we've got when we get them that we hold on to them, that we're really really good at. Um, hopefully, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see us um, introduce the mentoring program. Um, make sure that we're really we're really helping, particularly our younger volunteers um, on their on their own pathways. You know, Robo talks about the players' pathways. Wouldn't it be nice if mm. um, the volunteers have got pathways of their own, right within within the framework of the football club? Um, there's all sorts of fun things they could be doing right across the club. Um, so so yeah, I think, I think we'll I think we're in we're in the process of shaping it and. Um, and it's yeah, just the first first couple of first couple of results already. So it's, yeah, it's good. That sounds brilliant. And uh, one of the things I was going to say is like, how can people get involved? Because I've not seen anything regarding that. And how can people get involved in that? Because one of the things that cropped up the other day on Facebook was our commentary team, and and, and some people were giving them a little mm-hmm. bit of stick, which I think is unfair. And I said maybe uh, taking on someone who's like a young kid or a young boy or girl who'd want to do commentary maybe get involved with Mikey T and Rob and then be mentored by them to help yeah. out on them, like doing the commentary as well. Uh, and, and, and it fits in with what you said about being mentored at the club by, there's so many great people at the club, like yourself, yeah. Hannah, Ivor, things like that. How can people get involved in doing, with regards to the Don's Makers? Um, Lee, they can, they can, I can't remember what the volunteer email address is actually, but, but they can write to me at the Don's Trust. So, Xavier.Wiggins at the Don's Trust. Dot org, I think, yeah. Um, and yeah, t- take it from there. But yeah, the, you, that's, a, that's a cracking shout on the commentary thing. You know, how how much fun would that be to be to be mentored by those? And and just your your first point about the stick that they're getting, it's uh, and it's a bit off topic, but it's, it's mad, really, isn't it? I mean, they, they they've got a very different style. And um, some people like to listen to actual commentary, a bit more like lots of the away teams provide and. And we do it. I, I'm really happy with listening to Mikey T and Rob. It, it suits suits my way of watching football, and and it's not going to please everybody. But but blimey, some of it gets personal sometimes. It's it's just it's mad they're doing. They they work really hard on it, and and it's you know that that's another that's another thing that that we need to realise generally with volunteers is is how much some people put into it and. To, to get criticised in the way that some people do, and that, and that applies to paid staff as well, right? We we need to we need to just be kinder to those around us, you know, and help and give them give them good feedback in the right way. Well, I think Dan Baker was on our show last week. He uh, he said about it's so toxic at the moment because of the COVID situation. We're all sitting indoors. We haven't got any yeah. plans. Like me and you are missing away days up like, massively. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and there's no nothing else to do. So people are going on Facebook, social media. And, and then just venting for the sake of venting. Uh, and as yeah. I said, most of us would be at the game. We wouldn't be yeah. at home. It's, it's for the people that are in the Philippines, Cambodia, watching the mm. game, who didn't yeah. get that little shout out to say thanks for supporting the Dons, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. I would add yeah. that um, I, th- I would put my money on every football club, especially at now, hating on their common comms team a little bit because they're here them week in, week out, especially if they're not doing well. You're just yeah. a bit frustrated, it's like you say, of not going to the games yourself. Mm. I know my yeah. partner, he's a QPR fan, and he he doesn't like listening to his his comedy <laughs> team. So I don't think it's yeah. 
He's QPR, you're, and you're still with him in his QBR, yeah? I oh, know. <laughs> it could be a lot worse, Finchie. Some, some bad choices you've made. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you said, I think that the spotlight is on them. You know, hundreds of more people are, are listening to them every week. And, you know, yeah. quite like listening to the dulcet tones, as Mikey C likes to put it. Um, That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. And if, and if people look, it's, it's our club, right? And, and if people don't, people just need to learn how to give feedback properly as well. Because, you know I, know, I know Mikey T reasonably well. I don't know Rob, but I'm sure if someone said to Mikey, hey, why don't, why don't you try that or, um, or try this? I'm sure, he, I'm sure he'd listen um, or he'd have a good reason why he doesn't or whatever, right? But just, just um, feedback should, should, should just be done a bit more direct, I think, a bit. Um, rather than going on Facebook and trying to trying to look clever. Yeah, no, as a, sorry, uh, Jay, one sec, because me and I've known uh, Mikey TV years, and I said uh, on an episode when we first started that one of my favourite ever songs is Mikey T's We Bought Up a Football Club song, and uh, we miss mm. him on the terraces, let alone yeah. him doing commentary. I'd love to have Mikey T back on the terraces with us singing songs, because he, he was always great with, with the songs that he came up with and stuff, so... Yeah, I've made you right. Sorry, Jay, yeah. go ahead, mate. Um, I was just going to ask, I know that um, obviously people are complaining about the commentary and maybe it was getting a bit stagnant, but they tried to mix it up a little bit with having the uh, injured players mm. coming in and um, sort of co-commentating with them. Uh, a bit of punditry, Callum Riley did it and then Ollie Palmer did it. How did that come about? Was that was that Don's Trust related or...? No. No, don't think so. I think that was probably probably up to them, Hannah, right? Yeah, I don't know about it, but it's great. <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Certainly. Yeah, it worked. I mean, it worked perfectly with Ollie Palmer, didn't it? Because <laughs> the Saturday before they were talking about yeah. coming back and would he get time at would he get time at Blackpool and and you know then he was talking about his his goals and and then he scores. So that, yeah, that was good. They, they were both, and Callum Riley was, was was good as well. So yeah, I think that adds something that adds something different. They can. They they can mix it up using using other people as well. It's cool. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit more about the strategy review? Maybe give it a bit of an introduction for people that aren't aware of what it is. Yeah. So um, Zav's been leading a small group of us who have been thinking about um, the strategy review, which is essentially. So I think it was back in 2010 when the last one was done, maybe. Um, last big piece of kind of thinking about who we are basically that's what it's about who we are what we want to do what we want to be um, kind of fundamental like mission vision and values and I, I suppose as a football club you you might say like you know just be like the best football team that you could possibly be but we know especially in this club that there are kind of um, competing views about where who we are and where we want to go and what we want to be um, do we want to be Premier League is, is a football club just about being a business or is it more about community and identity? Um, that, that's, so the, the previous strategy review that was done in 2010, the three kind of th main things that came out or the targets they were aiming for was to be fan owned, to be back playing back in Wimbledon and to be a league club. And we are kind of pretty much, you know, we've ticked a lot of those boxes. And so, um, now it's really time to kind of now we're back in plough lane to refocus and rethink about what okay what do the next 5, 10, 15 years look like 
And so that's the, the purpose of the strategy review with the, with the view to um, set a direction for the people that are running the club on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so that includes like Joe Palmer, the CEO, but also it's, it's also about um, fundamental questions that come up in Don's Trust board meetings um, quite frequently. I think because we haven't, so I skipped ahead a bit, the, the, the strategy review will involve fan um, consultation, uh, like quite broadly. So focus groups, so uh, as well as a, a wider survey um, with a view to get as many um, opinions as possible as to what, um, where we want to go and what we want to be. And that um, with the end result being that we'll know sort of like we'll have that kind of temperature check the state of Rome, so to speak, and who we are as a club and where we want to go. Not everyone's going to agree and it, there's not going to be overall consensus, but a broad kind of guiding principles that will help us help everybody kind of get behind that people want to get behind and will set the tone and direction for the next so many years. I think, did that, does that sound right, Zav? Yeah, that's spot on, yeah. Um, so, so the stage we're at at the moment is so we, we formed a working group um along um six six main themes that we're looking at six main areas of the club so ethos football community commercial one club and ambassadorial we got a uh, we got a leader leader for each one they went off and and built their own working groups um and and then we've got a dozen stakeholder groups and that includes academy management and coaches uh, but also ladies and girls um i was interviewing the um robo and his management team um this afternoon at the training ground that was great um the academy one i did as well um and and really I, yes it is partly of course about the fans giving really good input um members but but also those stakeholder groups and, and i think that the ones certainly that that i've um looked after be really energetic everyone's kind of really likes the idea of of thinking deeply about the sort of the club that we want to be you know how how far do we want to how far do we want to go in five years what what, is, what does that look like because as hannah rightly says you know we've got we've got people who um want us to be in non-league and um knitting moosley and and others that that want us to be um in the premier league and owned by an oligarch and and various levels in between right so asking about kind of where we should realistically as a club aim for is is something we're we're all we're all really in, involved in so it's so it's been yeah it's a really it's a really positive process um it won't be it won't be perfect not everyone will agree with everything because we've got so many diverse opinions but um but it has to be yeah, absolutely it has to be done because we've got we've got to we've got to be as unified as possible and we've got to pull together because we, we, we're not going to go and splash the money. We're not going to go and we're not going to go and gamble on promotions to the championship and be be reckless. Um, we've got a stadium to uh, to fill and make living and breathing. We've got a fantastic academy that we want to be as good as possible and, and all these all these great things. But we've got to we've got to all unite behind a um, behind a strategy and behind a vision. Um, so that's what that's what this is about. And it's yeah, it's good. You mentioned there about team leaders have been appointed and stuff like that regarding 
yeah. some of the, the strategy. How, how did that come about? How did they get picked, or did they did they volunteer? And, and if you wanted again, like the Don's makers, if you wanted to volunteer and get involved with some of the strategies and be part of them team leader groups, how would that? How would you be able to do that? It was a, it was a combination of speaking to people that that a few of us knew and it kind of organically growing and then shout outs on the website to see who wanted to be involved. Um, when it comes to the focus groups, um, we'll, we'll be shouting um, for people to come forward. Really important that it's not just all people like us maybe who want kind of similar things. We've got to have, we've got to have people really challenging us um, and, and you know, broad, broad ranges of people on those focus groups and, and really listening. Um, so yeah, there'll be there'll be more shout outs, Lee. But but again, you know, it's not too late to get involved at this stage of it, really. Um, so again, they can they can send me an email at the Don's Trust address, or um, but but reasonably shortly, certainly probably not days, but but certainly weeks, we'll be doing shout outs for um, for the focus groups and and the, um, hopefully the survey um, will will be. Kind of on or around then as well so so there'll be yeah everyone everyone will have an opportunity to be heard definitely it's vital because it, we can't launch a strategy without you know where people say hold on a second we weren't we weren't mm -hmm. um yeah. consulted that can't happen yeah i think it's important to add that the, the, the people that have come together to kind of get this going it's very much that's what it's about to get this off the ground because there's been several attempts on previous occasions to get the strategy review and because it's a huge piece of work um, I think I had like other clubs or the, I can't remember who it was, but some people like, they honestly take years. And um, so the, the group that have come together to get this going, it's very much just about kicking it off and getting it, like putting into together a structure and helping to guide the whole process as opposed to answering the questions. Mm -hmm. um, it's, that's, that's very much for, it's more about shaping the questions that we might, we will ask. And there are people that are overseeing this, that are making sure that the, the questions that we do ask aren't leading in any way, and that we are seeking as many um, people's opinions and being as open to, um, you know, we basically it's, it's all about getting involved. We need people to get involved um, for this to be something that we can all feel like we've played a part in and that we're all shaping and we're all, we all get back to, the, the ideal is that we all get back to plan lane and we kind of, there's less of the, should we be fan owned? Should we be um, selling out? And we're more like um, kind of looking towards the, the same, the same uh, future, hopefully. Nice, nice. Um, speaking of getting involved, we asked uh, listeners to send in some questions. Uh, and some of them have done. We've got a couple of questions from Russell, uh, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm just going to play that question for you now. Is that right? He's got a couple. Hi, I'm Russell, and have a couple of questions to ask. Firstly, with no fans in stadiums, obviously impacting finance, as with all clubs, what are the long-term plans to repay the current 11 million debt accrued from the stadium while maintaining a competitive playing budget going forward? Secondly, great idea with the leadership streams. However, I did notice it all seems to be the same people. How will you ensure that fans like myself, who work and live away from the club, so not as easy to volunteer, but still help by buying season tickets to ventures, sponsoring players or programme subscriptions, still feel part of a club rather than 
outside of a clique of fans. Thank you. Okay. I think to the, to the second point, um, the second question, which is a very fair question, um, and I've seen other people sort of say this, and like I think I've already kind of slightly answered it just but earlier, that it was more about um, getting it going quickly. And um, uh, there's definitely always um, the need and the will and the desire to get people who are um, more broadly you know, not, not within the kind of community or the locality to get involved and people, there definitely are, is that happening. But with this, with the strategy review, it's not, it's not like, like I say, it's not written yet and it's going to be um, something that's will be ramping up within the coming weeks and months. It's not, maybe not months, but it's, it will be ramping up and it's not something that's been decided by that, that group of people at all. No, and thanks, Russell. On the first, um, on the first question on the finance of the debt. So, uh, in a nutshell, for the next few years, from kind of spring next year, um, there will just be a series of refinancing um, initiatives. So we'll be speaking to lenders, and and it, people shouldn't see it as one as one hit. It's not going to be one hit, right? We're going to, we're just going to get a lower interest rate and pay off what we um, pay off everything in one go, and and then we just repay that lower interest rate for a few years. It won't work like that. It'll be a series of refinancings um, that will happen. So there's a big um, and, and very very active refinancing group at the minute building a plan. Um, it, that plan will be partly informed by the strategy review. Um, and will be partly made more deliverable by the structural review. So, for example, you know, there is a question as to, um, it, we're a bit unconventional, right? So we've got Don's Trust Board, we've got the PLC, and we've got the Football Club Board. Um, really, it's, it's a bit complicated. It's unnecessarily complicated, is, is, is one school of thought. So we're looking at how to simplify stuff, make us more investable, um, make our make our plan as, as robust as possible so that lenders um, want, to, um, want to back what we're doing and, and, and lend us money. Um, so there's some, most of it is outside of my knowledge, but, but, um, but there's some very good people on it with, with good experience of, um, of, of going in and attracting money for, for you know, this sort of story. Chris, Thanks for that. Uh, I was just going to say credit where credit's due is that we've had more engagement from the board. I, I think this time, like we, we sent out an episode the other week and uh, Charlie Talbot was on Facebook answering every single thing that we mentioned in our episode. Uh, and we really appreciate that. And also you two coming on today uh, will give, give fans answers and, and questions that we're answering. So we do appreciate that. And, and more, hopefully we can have more of that on us as well with, with guys later on. Uh, my got question to be is, like that. Got to be like that, Lee. Right? Yeah. We've we've got to, you know, we we all we all care, we we all care passionately, perhaps more passionately than the most fans of most clubs about about a bigger number of things, right? And and there's nothing there's nothing worse than silence for kind of increasing um, suspicions and creating factions and stuff. And we want to we want to do our bit to unite the club and to make us to make us as open and as transparent as 
as we possibly can be to default to find it instead of thinking how can we how can we kind of disguise something um how can we be as transparent as possible um and and share that with with the fans because we are because we are completely different mm. um so so yeah hopefully a lot of the work that hannah and the cops people on the dance trust board are doing will will really um yeah re really see some positive changes no, that's that's right. That's brilliant because that's that's one of the things I live away from the club. I used to live in Wimbledon, but now I've moved away. So engagement is massive for me and a, a lot of the fans. But my question yeah. is, if we if we were to go to League Two, would the financial plan be slightly different with fewer people through the gate, as we'd be playing smaller clubs? Like meaning we won't be getting the likes of Pompey or Sunderland getting two, three thousand away fans coming through the gates. Well, Lee, look, it's it's. Um, of course, the gate revenue will be different in League Two than it would be in League One, right? Of course it will, but we will, we still have a bit of a bounce for the new stadium, um, and and I can't stress enough. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to, um, to to have been down there a, a few times for work and meetings and stuff, and and um, you know, our event space at Kings Meadow was the back bar. Right, it had 110 people could sit down in that space, um, and we've now got this fantastically big event space. It's it's 500 people. If you use the mezzanine, you could get 700. I think it is 750 people in. You know, you that could be busy every day of the year. It is absolutely night and day different to what we've been used to. So, um, so we 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 have a real we have got a mad asset in that stadium so yeah of course look i absolutely hate to um get relegated um but but you know nothing's nothing's going to fall apart nothing's disastrous um we we can we can rebuild i happen to think we're not going to get relegated i really look i know i'm an optimist but i genuinely can't see it um i, I think there's i think there's enough head cases down there for us to beat but, but if we but if we do we'll go down fighting and and, and we'll um yeah i think we're in a good place totally and just to add to the point about the asset like not only was king's meadow um not great in terms of the like capacity of the bar or anything but also the location here of plow lane is great for just like transport links to um Places and it's a bit like I mean the the development nearby is huge right? and um, yeah. so but yeah it's it's going to be a great place that we need to make sure we're like many people have said it you know we sweat that asset um, and that we're not just you know making money on um, match day but every day. Here's a little stat for you on the bit on the beer queues, which was the bane of many lives at Kings Meadow, <laughs> right? Um, so I heard the other day that at Kings Meadow we had one till for 700 people, was it? Um, whereas whereas at Plough Lane um, we'll have one till for every 150. Um, so big difference. There's some big kiosks there. There's there's a lot of bars. Um, so yeah, we should be all right. And that's the thing. I think we we touched on it earlier previously with guys where we're not going to games. Where where a lot of us have not been to Plough Lane, we don't understand how big it is. We haven't seen the inside. We've yeah. seen photos, but you don't realise when you get there and you see it. 
we'll be like, yeah. wow, this is totally different to King's Meadow and what we're used to when we have had to get cans from the local shop and stay in the garden because yeah. you can't get served in the bar. Be totally different. No, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. It's ma- there's, ma- there's a massive amount of space. There's that, you know, that that space that was great for us outside King's Meadow. You know, that, there is that behind the south stand, um, and and behind the east stand. You know, there's a there's a lot of space there as as well as internally. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting. We just got to put our stamp on it now. We can't. We we've, we've got to um, make it ours and make sure that all the you know, a, a lot of the consultation and the catering survey and stuff that we did, and and the thoughts that people have had. You know, we've got to make it, got to make it ours, um, and not just sell crap beer <laughs> slowly. Uh, so, have you been majorly involved with the Don's Local Action Group? Um, great work on that. Um, great work to all the volunteers as well. Uh, you know, it's brilliant stuff. Um, do you want to tell us how that all sort of came about and what, what aspects yeah. of it are you are you most proud of? I'm just, I, look, it's going to sound really cliche, but I'm just really, really proud of the, of the team of volunteers. Um, it's, it's been, um, it, uh, you know, I, I think it's been a life highlight for me. It really has. Um, and it, and it started from it just it was a text sent on the 16th of March to the to the team that had been leafleting for the Plough Lane Bond, and it and it just went it went from there. It's funny actually. Yesterday I was I was in a studio with a mate of mine who's doing a film on one year of DLAG, as in it's a it's a short film that's going within our event on the 20th of March. Um, about to film, so I've been looking back over the months and how it grew, and it's I remember being excited. It in kind of excited in one sense and says what we're achieving obviously it's a very um it was sad why we had to do it but but um in may 2020 we hit 10,000 boxes we're all over social media 10,000 one week food boxes we've done you know and that's like such a big number um we're now on 165,000 one week food boxes um we're we're you know so, some of the awards that we've won and are winning are, are like really 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 quite big um but there's there's just a t- I mean, on a day so a monday in march today and we've got 140 people out there wiping laptops delivering laptops collecting food outside stores driving delivering to people that need them uh, working in the hub working on marketing gathering prizes for the silent auction for um for the 20th of march um planning that event as 140 people just on a normal day volunteering under the Don's Local Action banner in, in our boroughs. It, it's, it's phenomenal. And, and I've met people doing it that, um, that have, you know, whether they're Wimbledon fans or not, have, have just, just there's so much talent there. Um, and, it, and it's something that really, you know, we are punching well above our weight in terms of, um, community stuff that we're doing across Don's Local Action and the Foundation so yeah I'm, I'm really passionate about it I know we're having a massive impact um, in terms of the help that, and comfort that, that has been given to people locally so no, it's, it's as I say it's been a it's been a standout experience for me I've learned I've learned more in the last year than I have in in the last 20 um, about people about situations people are living in and, and those those that need us and but but also the, the resourcefulness and and 
talent and passion of people. If you get it right, you get it, um, you get it channeled in the right way. It's, it can achieve anything. Yeah, I'd like to echo what Jamie said as well. Like, well done on it, and well done to all the volunteers. Regarding, I've had friends who volunteered, and it's it's just great to see what we're doing in the community. Yeah. Where where do you see its future? Do you see it as a standalone, or do you see it integrating into the Don's Foundation? So we we are most definitely part of the AFC Wimbledon Foundation. Quite quite early on, we um, we looked at perhaps setting ourselves up as a charity, and it was just one moment from Rosie's head of fundraising in in uh, Don's local action that she she just said, "Why are we doing that? Surely surely we should come underneath the foundation." And now we work very closely. I'm I'm now a trustee of the foundation. Uh, the foundation comes to leadership group meetings um, every couple of weeks, um, and yeah, we want to help. We want to help the foundation grow its initiatives. You know, it wants to wants to make a difference to lives, and um, it wants to go out to more estates. It wants to do more um, citizenship stuff, more more courses, um, and and we can help it. We can help it do that. Um, yeah, our focus is poverty. So we, so we moved from COVID and isolation to, to poverty and um, because COVID uncovered what was what was clearly already there and what will be there for the foreseeable future. So we, you know, we, we've turned into a permanent entity um, as part of the foundation. But no, we work, we work really well and, and, and the, the stadium's going to be so good for the foundation as well to be able to, to, be able to bring in the community um, like... Um, yeah, like it's going to be able to to be able to go out into the estates and and say, hey, look, this Saturday, come and come and, come and watch Wimbledon on your doorstep. You know, that's it's it's, uh, it's a really exciting time for them, definitely. Because that was going to be my next question. So, what what plans do we have to build on the positivity around this work to get more local people engaged in the club and coming to games? Like, also more generally, how is the return to Plough Lane going to be marketed to non-supporting locals? to maximise the number of people coming along and, and getting hooked on Wimbledon? Well, there's lots of different ways of, there's lots of different ways of getting in front of them, right? I mean, even if I look back to the, to standing in the drizzle in January 2020, um, outside a train station, talking to people about the Plough Lane Bond, you know, a number of great conversations I had with people walking up to us saying, um, you know, just basically asking what we were doing and then us telling them the story. And, and I'll never forget a couple walking past who said um, they'd never been, they just moved to the area from up north. And, um, and they said that, that they'd, never, they'd never been to football. They didn't have a football club up there. They didn't really know people down here. And they've heard our story and they want, um, they're going to get season tickets because, because they love, they love what they, you know, they love what they've heard. They've seen our leafleters out a few times, and they, they've spoken to people, right? So, um, so just being out there, you know, we're out there on uh, twelve to fourteen stalls a day, right? With Don's local action, so we're talking to lots and lots of people. People are seeing us do good stuff in the heart of the community, and that is, that's also as well as providing a, a service to those who need it. It's, it's also marketing the football club. Um, but but then we then we need to we need to get out into the schools into the community through the foundation the foundation you couldn't invite people before no Kings Meadow anything over three thousand was a terrible experience it was a pretty terrible experience um, you know, I'm not look, it, I'm not decrying it, it it had a place in our history right and it was it was vital and it was great that we got it but it was it was not conducive to bringing in locals 
um, to give it a try. And, um, and we're going to be able to do that now. We've got the five-a-side pitch. will be great. People will be able to come in and use that. Um, the you know, uh, seven-day-a-week pub where people are going to be able to come in. There's going to be classrooms. That hopefully, there's, there's all sorts of things going around the ground where people will just know that that's why we need to put our stamp on it. We need to make sure that when people walk in there, they 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 very quickly learn stuff about the you know the vaccine centre, right? So when people go there, you you would you would hope that we're going to be trying to trying to get them to come back um, and watch football matches there, you know. So so yeah, and specific plans, Lee. I don't know, mate. It's not my not my thing. But but um, but in terms of the general number of touch points there are now and the ability to be able to bring people. To our stadium, it's it's again completely different to what we've had in the past. Obviously, we've seen a lot of positive improvements on and off the pitch since the appointment of uh, Mark Rob Mark Robinson. Um, how involved were the Don's Trust Board in the appointment of Robbo? Um, Do you want to answer that one, Hannah? <laughs> You're probably better in that you were one of the members of the panel, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, yeah. But we. Um, we made sure that um, the process, so we were quite closely involved in the whole process um, and um, made sure that sort of semi, basically did the role that the Don's Trust Board should do in, in terms of oversight. We're not football experts, but um, to, to run the football club, but we are there to sort of ensure that the process is fair um, and um, you know, properly matched. So that's what we did. And it was a really, really well run process. Um, we were there to ensure that it was, you know, we had a good range of candidates um, interviewed, um, that we had a diverse panel interviewing the, um, the candidates. And I mean, I think Zav, so Zav was on the, on the panel as well. I don't know whether you can say much more about the the kind of process of the interviewing, but it was very much there was kind of feedback to the board, and um, you know, we we had to ratify the final decision ultimately. Yeah, there was a massive there was a there's a massive shortlist drawn up as, as any time a vacancy like this comes up. You know, lo lots and lots of um, people applied. There was very good names on that. That that was whittled down to a, to a handful of um, candidates by a um, by a vetting committee that involved. Um, a number of number of proper you know football people, um, and um, and then and then yeah the the interview process was um, was a handful of, of very very good candidates. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have worried about most of them um, getting the job. I think they'd have they'd have taken us taken us on um, to a um, to a good place. So it was yeah I was it was it was surreal. Um, I was, you know, honoured to be on it, to have a position of that sort of responsibility. Um, it, I took I took that responsibility very very seriously, um, and and thought very carefully about the decisions after each interview about what I what I liked and didn't like, and and I felt the board were doing the the panel were doing that as well, um, re really thoroughly. So it was a, yeah, it was a good process, and I, and I think we've ended up with with a manager who. Who is just it is for this time. I think if you listen, I think we'll all agree that that when you listen to his interviews, it's it's changing the narrative to such to such a degree. You know, when he when he's he's really talking about the purpose, and 
and and it's not cliches. The great to continue the greatest story in English football, and to have the best fans in English football. That's not that's not rubbish. That's not flannel, right? We we've, we've across our fans, we've raised ten million quid. We've we've run a club on volunteers, uh, you know, largely on volunteers. We've raised an enormous amount of money. Um, I I wouldn't challenge his argument that, that we're the best that the best fans in in the country either. Um, and and I also, um, when he talks about continuing the greatest story, well, you know, find find us find us another one that find us another one that beats it because. So, so he but he has to get that into everyone that he works with now. He has to get that into his management team, his coaching team, his um, the the squad, um, and that then needs to get into the supporters and the and the and the people working in the office. And and we've just got a really good chance with him there of us really making that Wimbledon ethos really powerful. Um, and so I'm yeah I'm excited about where this is heading. Um, with, with him. Yeah, two points I wanted to uh, say is uh, regarding the panel, are we, are we allowed to know who was on the panel? Like who was on from the football side? Who was the football person? Because obviously when Wally was appointed, it was, I understand it was Dave Bassett. Do we, do we know who, are we allowed to know who, who was on it from the football side? I genuinely can't remember if I'm allowed to say. Um, so I'd better take the safe option. <laughs> um, it, I can't remember if it will be in Don's Trust board minutes either. So let me let me just play on the safe side. I'm not sure, but it was a, it was a good yeah. There was there was football knowledge in that room, proper football knowledge, yeah, from um, with with plenty of experience. Yeah, great. And regards to what you said about Robert, I think it's totally spot on. I think when he when he talks, I think people listen now. There and it's honest. It's it's refreshing. And I said on a, a previous podcast that obviously the Crazy Gang days were brilliant, and and you'll remember them more than anyone, Xavier, but we can't unfortunately go back to them days. Modern football's no. moved on, but it's the AFC Wimbledon way. So from when we started, and, and that's what Robbo gets. He gets the AFC Wimbledon way, and that's yeah. what he wants to build now. He wants to build the AFC Wimbledon way. You come in, you do it that way, or, or you don't You don't play for the club, uh, pretty much, yeah. or you don't work for the club, and that's what I think is brilliant with guys yeah. coming in. Totally. He'll, he'll, he'll help stamp an identity that is, that is relevant for for now that is achievable most importantly he's not he's not into pie in the sky ideas he's got to work with what he's got you know he's, like any manager would have come in he's inheriting a bunch of players he came in on that kind of deadline weekend right he's not been able to go and get his own people um so he's got it so he's got to be really good at getting the very best and and as he said regularly without much time on the training pitch right because it's tuesday saturday so so He's he's got to use all sorts of techniques to communicate um, with with them, um, but but you know the, the the early signs the early signs are decent. I think kind of if you kind of look at you kind of look at Peterborough and Hull as the free hits where we lost those, then you look at the kind of the you could you might argue that Blackpool's a free hit, but let's just say that was a kind of point game. So Blackpool, Gillingham, um, and and Shrewsbury were kind of ones that. Ones that you'd be hoping for a for a point or point from each. Well, we, we we did okay with did okay with those, and then the the one in our relegation mini league, we we won that one. So we're on we're on course. Tomorrow's the first weird one, isn't it? Because they're kind of they're down with us, but they're not really. They're playing like Barcelona, um, <laughs> so, and we'll go and beat them as well. We can we can hope, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, since Robbo's come in, we've spoken about it on the podcast. We feel that there's been uh, positive impacts both on and off the pitch. Um, do you think it's the important stuff that he's doing off the pitch, or is it more important what we do on the pitch or off it, basically? Uh, do they impact each other? Yeah, I'd say they they do to a certain extent. I mean, um, he's like I think that the it's affected the the and not only kind of the players, but I know that the players are properly behind him, um, and that. But I think there's a general good vibe from the from the fans, and like he, I mean, he said so. He did um, meet the manager with us yesterday. Um, and like like Zav said, that um, he's not just saying for effect that you know we are the greatest story in football, but that he's also saying that we have to use that for our benefit in terms of the players that we get in, but also you know kind of making the most of the story that we have to essentially market ourselves. And um, we've got we've got such an asset not just in the, like the new stadium, but in that story. Um, and he's doing an incredible job on his own just to make sell that story, um, if I'm honest. Um, and so, so that one having that one positive figure that um, is leading the, the kind of rest of us is just so it's gonna it's gonna have trickle down effect um, across across the whole piece, right? I was going as I was going through the pictures yesterday Hannah and, and video clips and stuff for the for the film um I saw one of Robbo and his wife outside Morrison's on the stall working stall on Saturday the 21st of March right the first, the first Saturday we were there that wasn't that wasn't him um trying to, trying to get coverage it wasn't him trying to um show off that he was one of the community that was just what he feels and and what he felt he should be doing he didn't want to be tucked away and not doing anything in lockdown he wanted to be doing something useful um so that's a you know that's he's he's got he's got good character and he wants good characters um around him and and the way that he leads people he'll he'll bring people he'll bring people in line and and kind of dancing to his tune really great stuff yeah i totally agree with what you've just said there um before we wrap up um we've got a couple more questions from fans um, we had a question sent in from James. Yeah, my question's for Hannah and Xavier. Over the past three to four seasons, our first team recruitment side of things has been very hit and miss, to say the least. Whether you want to hear that or not, um, it needs addressing. And uh, my question to the board, or you both, both of you, is when will the board seriously consider employing a first uh, team head of recruitment or a head scout to address uh, the first team signings, running in long aside uh, our new first team coach, Mark Robinson, of what he is uh, emphasis on, what he requires both mentally and skill wise from a player within our budget. Anna, do you want to start with that one or do you want me to? So, so we had um, the last board meeting last month. We discussed um, the proposal put forward by Joe. Um, Palmer, the CEO, to um, establish a basically a football board that's kind of mo mo like making so stats is a massive part of the game um, across the piece. But I would like 
essentially we he's looking to get some more experts in that um, can help direct that. I, I think, I mean, do you want to expand that? Yeah, Anna, so look, he, he, the, the chief exec has realised that, um, not realised, he, he knew it, that, that we needed, we need more football knowledge in the building. Um, so we need more, um, you know, away from, away from uh, the coaching team, we need, we need somebody who, we need a, we need a football committee or a football board, whatever, whatever you look at. Um, I guess, I guess there's, there's the choice of taking a single sporting director or bringing a, a, a group of people with the relevant expertise. So he's kind of looked at, right, what knowledge do we need in this kind of football committee? Um, we need data analysts. Um, we need transfer now contractual stuff. And we need technical and tactical. So we need three, three main things in the building away from your football manager or your head coach. Um, and, and that will be a really positive start. So we, so we, we, we were happy, very happy with that proposal. Um, it, it's good that, that he recognised it. Um, I think it will have the blessing of the head coach and, and his team. It just, just brings more um, relevant knowledge in, into the building. So, so we have to, you know, Robbo has said, he said it a number of times, he doesn't really want to be going out and doing the recruitment bit because to do the recruitment bit is a, is a, is a big task. Um, he, he would rather say, right, what are, what are we missing positions-wise? Um, he will absolutely be involved with his team in looking at the character um, of, of who we're looking to bring in. Um, but he'd want the kind of the sifting and the sourcing and the approaching and the contractual stuff to be done by um, recruitment professionals. And, and that, will, that will mean really, if you, look at what, if you look at our coaching team now and the mix of people that we've got on it, and then you look at the football committee and then you compare the two of those things to what we have had in the past, it's not decrying any of the good work that, that the people in the past have done, um, but, but that's, that puts us in, in a much more powerful position, loads more knowledge um, than, than we'd had. And, and that'll, that'll help us as a Don's Trust Board as well, because we need, we need more expertise um, on, on the footballing, footballing side so we can use that committee to, to help us. So, yeah, really positive move, move for the football club, I think. Yeah, sounds spot on that. So we've got one last question to come from fans. I'd like to say thanks to everyone who sent us in questions. Uh, we had quite a few, so not everyone has had their question asked. We, we've gone through quite a bit, so do apologise if your question hasn't been read out. But last question is from Adam Hodsell. If we went on the model of 51%, 49%, we would always maintain majority ownership. Therefore, why can't we welcome outside investment as I don't think we will ever progress further than a mid-table team in League One with the budget we currently have. Progressing on the pitch has to be the next step as we have been in the same situation in the last five seasons since we've been in League One. Lee, I think there's a couple, there's a couple of myths at play, right? Um, one is that you can't be a fan-owned club and be successful on the pitch, right? So don't, don't tell Wimbledon fans and Wimbledon people what you can and can't do. Right, because because that's nonsense. We we rip up the rule book. I said it before, and we'll carry on doing it. Right, we've got to be smarter, better. The the last question, the answer to the last question, again, it's night and day compared to what we had before. You know, we we've moved as a League One club into a thirty-two million pound stadium. Right, we can achieve stuff. 
So that, you know, it doesn't, it, just because we're fan owned doesn't mean that we need to stay there. And, and there's another myth that, that, that this kind of, that everyone talks about the German model, right? Um, well, there's a, there's a good reason why it can't work in England, and that's because the laws are different. So, um, so we have to we have to look for, and that's what the structural review is looking at, is looking at a way where we can absolutely take more money in, and absolutely keep fan control and fan ownership. Um, and there's some there's some good people looking at that, but the, but the German model doesn't work here. It doesn't. It is. It's not legal, it's not in UK law, it doesn't work. And everyone's getting bogged down with this 51% v 75%. I personally don't give a monkey's what percent it is, as long as we have control and fan ownership. Um, and, and, you know, people shouldn't, people shouldn't go too, um, too far down that percentage question. It's, it, it won't be, it's not as simple as that. It's to your point as well, Zab, that it's about looking elsewhere for where we can be smart with, you know, revenue generation and not always looking to fans to um, kind of fill the gap. Uh, I think we've had to do that, but long term, um, now we've, we've talked about it, you know, throughout that now we've got so much potential with the new stadium that we've really got to, to sweat that and um, be smart and be you know, be a smart business and make yeah. money that way. Um, there are some really good, there are some really good ideas on different sorts of revenue generators for that stadium um, that are being discussed at the minute. And, and they'll, you know, that they, they can, they can change the, change the landscape of our football club. Um, but also there's plenty of, there's plenty of scope for bringing in um, fan money from, from wealthy fans. If, if, if need be as well. And, and so, yeah, just that, that's what the structural review is for, right? See, I've said it many times and I'm so, with regards to budget wise, I hate it when people bring up budget, 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 because I remember Wimbledon FC in the Premier League beating Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea. We, did, we didn't have the biggest budget in them leagues. We, we used to just have what, what Robbo was trying to build now. We had the character. We yeah. had the structure in place where we had the players coming in who wanted to play for Wimbledon. It didn't mean if they, they, they could play a season then move on to someone else, but they made us money. I mm. think that's the only thing we're missing out on at the moment is that we're losing good players for not great money. So Pig's out of, maybe out of contract and he might leave for free. We had lost Lyle Taylor for free. We lost Tom Elliott for free. I think that's where I fall down at the moment is that we're losing good players and we're not making much money on them. No, we're not. But we're, not, we're also not signing players with a. We, we haven't historically signed players with a, with enough of an eye on what their potential pathway and resale value could be. We really haven't sold many out of the couple couple of hundred we've signed. Um, but again, I, I really feel that's going to change now with the with the, the the work that's going into making that recruitment really really top notch. So, um, you know. We can't said it before, but we can't um, we can't keep doing ten in ten out. Um, and as Robbo said on one of his recent interviews, you know you can't you can't build a business when you're losing seventy percent of your workforce every every year. It doesn't doesn't work. Um, so we've got so we've got to do stuff differently, and 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 we mustn't be you know we mustn't be scared of that. But we're not going to be scared of it. Excellent, great. Just want to thank you both for. Um for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you. 
um, keep keep up the good work. Honestly, it's 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 great, and you're welcome back on to the podcast whenever whenever you want in the future. Brilliant. Thank I really, you. really enjoyed it. Thank, thanks a lot. Thanks for having yeah. us. I just echo what Jamie said. Thanks very much for coming on. And uh, I said the engagement's brilliant and uh, may it long continue. Cheers, Great, guys. Thanks good, very much. Good to see you. Take care. Just want to thank Hannah and Zab for coming on again. Uh, great points, great discussions. Um, they're welcome on the podcast any time in the future. Did you enjoy that, Lee? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, known Xavier for years. Uh, I've known Hannah since she got involved with Wimbledon, so love talking to him. Love, love Xavier to bits. He's passionate about Wimbledon uh, and the other way game he loves. Uh, but yeah, we're up for any board member, anyone, strategy review, team leaders coming on uh, and speaking to him. Uh, and yeah, so thanks for coming on. Obviously, next week we've got Mark Robinson coming on to have a chat with us. Really excited about that. Um, any listeners, fans that want to ask any questions that they want us to ask Robbo, uh, please send them in, in the normal way. We'll put the link up for the audio messages on Twitter and socials, or if you just want to send us a message and we can, we can read them out to him on the show. Um, anything else you want to add, Lee? No, that's, you put it right. Just get involved. Send us messages. As I said, fans, it's for the fans, by the fans, and we want fans to send in their messages and, and we'll, we'll read them out to Robbo like we have done with Hannah and uh, Xavier. Yeah, perfect. Brilliant stuff. We'll see you next week then. Come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.